Welcome to the Liberty Room. That's right, the Liberty Room, where conservatives can speak their minds with all the freedoms guaranteed by our beloved Constitution. The Liberty Room with me, the one, the only, the Jim Wood. And then sitting next to me, my friend, my brother, my fellow American red, white, and blue patriot, that high-flying tall drink of how-do-you-do, Dwight. So for the next hour or so, strap in, hold on, but don't hold back when you're hanging with us in the Liberty Room. Hey, everybody, Dwight's back in the studio. What's up, what's up, what's up? Oh, my goodness. I've been out in Sin City. Yeah, and also the land of fruits and nuts. Oh, yeah, I saw that. I saw your post from Southern California. SoCal. SoCal. That's well, where Larry Elder's from. Is it really? It is, yeah. Hmm. Just mentioning that. What if he sent him my wife love notes from California? <laughs> <laughs> I want to check your mailbox. <laughs> we said we weren't going to talk about that. That's right, that's right. You know. The fact that Larry Elder was hitting on my wife. <laughs> you should take it as a compliment, though. Oh, I did, but we, me and my wife laughed all the way home, you know. <laughs> yeah, so. Well, every time I see a picture of him now, I always think about what you told me. Are, are we letting the cat out of the bag? Do we ever, no. ever talk about this before? No. I don't think we have, have we? <laughs> should we start over again? So, it's too late now. We said we'd never do that. Once we start, we got to keep rolling. Look, I just made a comment that he's from Southern California. It's all I said. Yeah, but you said it with that just... You know, that look on your face and that smirk <laughs> because it's a running little private joke around here that at a at a event, at a private mm-hmm. dinner party function, mm-hmm. Larry Elder was very taken with my wife. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And she still went home with me. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Larry. (laughs) I know. Better luck next time. All right. Welcome, everybody, to the Liberty Room, where we're telling secrets tonight. That's right. Oh, what happened to us? I don't know. know. Thank you, folks, for tuning in. We're so happy that you joined us this week at the Liberty Room with Jim and Dwight. Don't forget, you can share the word of the Liberty Room by sharing the website, thelibertyroom.com. Share it with all your friends. The word. The word. The word. What was it Pelosi said? Because the word is the word, and well, that's the word. Word, dog. (laughs) (laughs) Word up. Uh, So, thelibertyroom.com, that's the website. Share it with all your friends, your frenemies, your enemies, whoever it may be, because we like getting the word around that, uh, you know, liberty is the the word. (laughs) It is the word. You know, there are some enemies out there who can't quite get the name of our podcast down correctly. Uh, Yeah, I know, but you know what? I mean, we've already told enough secrets tonight. I know, but it's the Liberty Room. With Jim and Dwight. That's a pretty easy title. I thought it was pretty straightforward. They just said it was just Jim and Dwight. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what they're talking about. Uh, Well, you know. Lunatics. Yeah. Liberal loonies, baby. They are. So don't forget, when you you get to the Liberty Room podcast, make sure you hit that subscribe button. That way you get all the updates, emails, uh, announcements, uh, special little secrets. Oh, yeah. That go secret. out to all our subscribers on a regular basis. So make sure you hit that subscribe button when you're there. And if you share it with somebody, tell them to hit it as well. Also, we want to make sure you understand, here's where you listen to us. But if you want to see me, the one, the only, the Jim Wood, make sure you tune in Wednesday nights, Wednesday with Jim, across your favorite social media platform, whether it be Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, or Telegram. 
Yes, I saw my Telegram had a little notification. How We've been live the other night. Telegram is one of our new providers, and we're so thankful to have them on board uh, the Wednesday night show, 8 o'clock every Wednesday night, where you can be part of the conversation. Ooh, all that in one breath. <sighs> is that 8 o'clock Eastern time? That would be 8 o'clock Eastern time. You are exactly correct, okay. Mr. Jet Setter. I mean, it was 5 o'clock for me, Pacific time, and I know I missed the last episode. I yeah, apologize. I I'm so sorry. I know. And you should be, but because you're the one who missed out. I missed out on a lot of stuff. So that's where you can put in the chat. You can get in there and have a conversation with other people there in the room, or you can have a conversation with me, yours truly. Or just by yourself. You don't have to agree with me. We can talk about things we agree on. We can talk about things we disagree on. The key thing in there is that we talk about it. Mm -hmm. All right. So Wednesdays with Jim, every Wednesday night, eight o'clock, the Jim Wood is the website you go to, to share that link to everybody's favorite social media platform that carries it. And the LibertyRoom.com is the place you go to share the Liberty Room with Jim and Dwight. I think people should bookmark both websites. They should. Yeah. If you bookmark both, you'll never forget how to get to our webpages. That's right. That's exactly right. So please do that. So bookmark it and you can do it on any of your favorite podcast providers. We're on all the majors, Mm -hmm. Spotify, Apple, Google, iHeart. I had a guy tell me today, he said, uh, I listened to your show the other day and you said something about CastBox which is one of our podcast providers. Yep. And he was like, man, I've been on CastBox forever. I didn't know you guys were on there. And while we're talking, he goes and looks up and goes, well, I'll be damned. <laughs> so we, so Kevin, if you're listening, I'll be damned. Here we are. <laughs> wow. <laughs> All right. I know uh, oh, Kevin's out there. He's a, a master electrician out there providing electricity to, electricity to people's new homes and such. So mm. he is the, the t- exactly the kind of people that we want to talk to because we're all the same. We're all people who have jobs, who work, and, and talk about things that concern us, the, you know, the everyday working person. Yeah, that's right. You know, so, uh, you know, we've got a lot of things that's been going on this week uh, since uh, we last parted last week. Um, were were you here last week or were you in Jersey? I can't remember. I, I don't remember at? either. I don't know. You just I forget. Yeah, uh, I was a, somewhere. He's a man about town, man about. But country. it's really good to be here in the studio with you and seeing your smiling face. Yeah, and well, sharing a cup of coffee with you. I, you know, I understand. If you weren't here, I just have a mirror setting up because it makes me feel the same way. Wow. <laughs> Holy cow. I didn't see that one coming. Talk about being vain. Uh, me? Yes, you. The guy with the name The Jim Wood? Yes, you. Who would ever imagine? Yeah. Uh, I, know. I don't know why I'm so surprised about I it. I know. It's all in fun. It's just all in fun. Anyway, so this week we've had a lot of things go on. Yep. So I know you've been reading the news. What would you, since you're back in the studio this week, mm-hmm. you're in from Sin City, You uh, hopefully you have showered and, and, and washed off all the sin out of Vegas, I hope, anyway. Well, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. Well, then let's keep it that way. And tell me what's on your mind that you want to talk about this week. Wow, what's Lead on off. my mind? <clears throat> yeah, in the news, that is. Oh, okay. I'm glad you, uh, yeah, you narrowed that keep, down. Let's keep because, it straight now. And keep it, keep it straight and clean here. Right. So, you know, on the way back, I was obviously surfing the web because we're at 39,000 feet with internet. And when it was working, <laughs> I was surfing the web. And All right. Yeah. And so, um, you know, Newsmax had an interesting article talking about um, the way voters um, are looking at the midterms coming up, right? Yeah. Okay. Because as everybody knows, in November, there's a very good chance that from the, at the national level, Republicans are going to take back the House and the Senate. Even some, you know, very um, um, 
uh, let's see, what would you call it? established Democrats are saying the same thing. Yes, exactly. And in fact, we saw there was a special um, house race in Texas the other day. Oh, which yes. a Hispanic chick. Yes, uh, defe- it, was, it was a special race because the 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 Democrat who was in the seat resigned. Yeah. Okay. And so this Republican chair. 34th Congressional District, I believe. Sure. We'll go with that number. <laughs> Sounds good. I was going to say 16th or 222nd. I don't know. But it's. You have it, to be right. It just has to be a good soundbite. It, it sounded very good, Jim. Yeah. So she ran and she won. Here's the cool part she ran against another Hispanic, Hispanic man, and beat him. And so for a, tra- a traditionally blue seat, we, the Republicans now have it. So things are beginning to change. We're seeing that there is a red wave that is that is that has been forecast, and it looks like it is beginning. And come November, I think we're going to see, you know, the Republicans sweep up both houses. But there was a poll that was put out, a survey, and, they, and then basically the headline said from Newsmax that 91% of voters are concerned about inflation before the midterms, which is interesting because if you would talk to Democrats— they're more concerned about the January 6th panel than well, they are about inflation, about what's impacting everybody's wallet right now. Well, see, that's what brought up the question as you're, as you're discussing this about what's important, uh, you know, in, in your 39,000-foot reading room mm-hmm, yes. that you had. Um, and it was the 34th Congressional District. It was. How about that? Congratulations. You Young got it right. Young lady by the name of, of Myra, Myra, M-A-Y-R-A. I don't know how to, if I'm pronouncing that right. I think it's right. Myra. Myra Flores. Yes. 150 years that seat had been held by a Democrat. Not anymore. Not anymore. But I'm still thinking that, you know, how how on earth, the very first Mexican-born, mm-hmm. you know, uh, a congresswoman, or congressman for that matter, in, in the United States, in a seat that was been held for 150 years, but a Mexican-born congresswoman. Wait a minute. Aren't Republicans supposed to hate anybody but white people? They are, yes. Yeah. I mean... She, you're, she, you're, she didn't get the message, though. You know, they're, they're, you mean the Republicans actually came out and voted for a lady from uh, originally born in Mexico? They probably didn't know it. Um, I'm so confused right now. No, they just saw the first name, Myra, and they ignored Flores. Oh, yeah, she's white. We'll vote for her. So uh, does that make her a Hispanic white supremacist now? Yes, it does. It does? It does, yeah. Just like you're a black white supremacist. Exactly, I am. Oh, yes. see, I'm starting to get the lunatic, liberal lunatic lo- logic yeah. now. It's kind of crazy, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's the three L's, liberal lunatic lo- wow. logic. Wow. Say that three you times fast. You need to coin that. You, do you like that? <laughs> I do. Liberal <laughs> lunatic logic. Yeah. That, so, apparently, I mean, that's pretty good, isn't that's it? That's awesome. I Write like that it. one down. Write that one down. Get, oh. to, get to it for Gene Simmons trademarks. <laughs> <laughs> Lunatic liberal, liberal logic. logic. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. Apparently, according to my friend Kevin, it was you know lunatic was my my word for the week on Wednesdays with Jim this week. But and today's word is <laughs> lunatic. <laughs> yeah. So the the but uh, that just really kind of defeats kind of some of that liberal lunatic logic <laughs> that says that we're all a bunch of white supremacists. It does. You know, I'm a bald-headed white guy with a bunch of tattoos. Well, And a Confederate tattoo. Don't, don't forget that. Don't start that. You know better than that. I'm just saying with our liberal lunatic. L- loony. Loony. <laughs> <laughs> Thinks of your tattoo. Yeah, well, we have somebody running for the 6th Congressional District here in Virginia who saw an army crest tattooed on my arm from one of the oldest, uh, not the oldest unit in, in U.S. Army, and a unit which uh, cut its teeth by, you know, uh, fighting Indians on the frontier uh, before this was a country, before we had a standing U.S. Army and, and the Virginia militia that is now still a 
a, uh, a part of the Virginia National Guard, um, and she uh, she posted out to everybody that the guy running for city council in Waynesburg, Virginia, has a Confederate flag tattooed on his arm. <laughs> well, she put a picture of it too and circled it. Yeah, she's an idiot. She's um, a lunatic. Yeah. Yeah, word of the day. Lunatic. Thank you. (laughs) How many times can we use that tonight? Oh, I got a feeling we're going to make people so sick of the word (laughs) lunatic before it's over with. It's not funny. But, you know, it it just just shows the lunacy (laughs) or a variant thereof um, of of what we're dealing with with uh, this, you know, uh, chemically unbalanced, you know, (laughs) lunacy. Yeah. Well, they're demented. Is what it really comes yeah. down to. Yeah. But but yeah, you've got a, a good woman here who is Mexican-born, who the Republicans put up for election. She won. And comes across as a strong conservative. Good she for does. her. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I look at that, I go, th- that that right there, that's, that's what makes our country great. <clears throat> when sure. someone comes over from a foreign country, becomes a U.S. citizen, and does what she has to do mm-hmm. to make her, 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 her congressional area, her state, her city better. Yeah, that's what this country's about. Absolutely, you know that that's that's what this country was founded on was, uh, you know, uh, a land of the free. Yeah, you know that this is you know this is where people come to learn how to prosper. When Donald Trump said we don't want that type here, he was talking about the criminals and stuff. Correct. All right, Myra Flores was who he was talking about that we want in our country. Yeah, you know, not a Donald Trump praising session, but that's you know people had a t- twisted the news. And made it sound like, you know, he, he hated immigrants that he, I mean, he was married to two of them, um, you know, but hated immigrants and, and was a racist and, and, and hated other cultures. But this is who, this is who we want in our country. Yeah. You know, don't send us the dredges of your prisons. You know, if you want to elevate what you are already, your character or your skills, or if you have something to offer and you want to elevate it to the absolute next level, then that's part of, you know, the American dream. That's part of coming to this country. That's part of uh, the possibilities that you have by by becoming an American and be, you know, putting your, your trade to, to practice in America. But if you God look bless at, her. If you look what the Democrats are doing, you know, Biden is trying to overturn a Trump era rule. Yeah. That basically said, if you come over to this country and you are going to be, and we think that you're going to be a drag on our society, you're, you're mm-hmm. going to be living on welfare, you're going to be living on social security, yep. we're not going to allow you in. Yeah. So Biden's saying, no, 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 we're, let's get rid of that rule, let everybody in. Sure. Well, now we're going to create a, a, a culture of people who are dependent on the government. Yeah. But you've got a woman like Myra Flores. Yeah. Who, who picked herself up by her bootstraps, made herself into who she is today. Exactly. One election is now sitting in one of the top echelons of the U.S. government. Yeah. Now, if she were a Democrat, yeah, you would have heard about this all day long oh, yeah. on every single news channel. Yeah. They'd be saying, the first Mexican-born woman is blah, blah, blah. No one's talking about it. Yeah. Nobody. None. None. I we mean, should be it, singing her praises because of who she is. And, absolutely. And, and not that I, I don't... I don't as a minority, I, I get tired of the whole race thing. I get tired. I don't care where you're from. Yeah. I don't care you're Mexican or black or white. It doesn't matter. Mm-mm. Run for the position and you win, you win. That's it. Yeah. Okay. But if we're going to celebrate something, that's to be celebrated. Yeah. You know, but, but the whole thing of, you know, the first woman or the first Mexican, I couldn't care less. Yeah. Doesn't bother me. No. I don't really care about it. No. I mean, you know, we talk about the lunacy of the left. We talk about, 
you know, uh, liberalism is a mental disorder, mental disorder. Yes. You know, they, they have fed into this disorder for so long. Um, so, okay. All right. History lesson. Ooh, I'm listening, teacher. It's it's time, boys and girls, for the Jim's History Lesson. Hi, Professor. (laughs) What are you going to teach today? Benjamin Rush. Okay. Have you ever heard of Benjamin Rush? Uh, The name is vaguely familiar. Vaguely familiar. He was one of our founding fathers. He is a signer to the Declaration of Independence. Okay. Benjamin Rush was a doctor in Pennsylvania. Okay. All right. He was part of the Pennsylvania delegation Mm -hmm. to the Continental Congress. Benjamin Rush is known um, as one of the fathers of modern psychiatry. Okay. All right. You know, at one point in this country's history, they were burning people at the stake because they were a witch. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, a lot of times it was folks with mental, actual really mental disorders. Uh, they consider most of it demonic. All right. Uh, uh, Benjamin Rush, a founding father who signed the declaration was also uh, a writer of textbooks and he was the first one to really turn America's look to um, the fact that um, there's a lot of mis- uh, mental disorders out there are not really demonic but usually it's a brain issue mm-hmm. now they didn't know how to describe it they didn't know how to, to talk about it uh, matter of fact some of his first findings that he went to was talking about the blood flow in the brain how it could be restricted to certain parts of the brain and and he was he was you know for his time he was ahead of his time mm-hmm. you know um, but when we talk about he he talked about how long-term effects you know, of the mental disorder, how it continually got worse and how it could be genetics. His things he looked at and things that he, um, you know, he was just opening the door on mental health in America. All right. In a young, actually at that time, uh, uh, not America, not the United States, but the young colonies. Mm-hmm. All right. So even from the findings that Benjamin Rush had in the 1700s, in the mid 1700s, as we look at generations, how it's progressively got worse when we're talking about liberalism. Conservatives really kind of stayed where they're at. Right. You know, uh, if you're talking about government, we're talking about small government and we're talking about, you know, saving your money, all those conservative values we talk about. When we talk about conservatives and their families, you know, you want your family unit. You want to, to, to provide for your family. You want to work for your family. You want to take care and secure your family. You want to provide them shelter we want to do that ourselves, mm-hmm. but that liberal lunacy, there majority of the time, they got their hand out. Mm-hmm. You know why? Because it's learned generationally as it's going, as, as, their, as their mental illness has progressed, as Benjamin Rush kind of opened the door to, you know, we see exactly what he was talking about in the 1700s because we can now step back or, as you say, look at it from 50,000 feet. Mm-hmm. And see how it's continually crescendoed. It's 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 grown up. So when you look at some of the things that's going on right now, why does why does Biden leave the border wide open for the the mules and the slavery and the drugs and everything else to come across our border? What is it they said fentanyl deaths were up something like five hundred percent? Yeah, it's pretty bad. You know, in the United States, and it's all coming. It's all happening since we busted open the border wide open. Yep. You know, when we've got uh, um, you know the the discussion of who's to blame for the uh, um, for the uh, inflation rate. Mm-hmm. Well, Biden's blaming it on everybody but himself. He's not going to take any credit for the failure. A good leader accepts the blame for all failure and always gives other people the credit for success. Right. 
but you're looking at the mental illness of a not a leader do just the opposite. He's blaming on everybody but himself. Mm-hmm. You know, you see so many of these traits of mental illness in in the uh, in the in the lunatic <laughs> liberal left. You know that we're seeing now exactly what somebody like a a Benjamin Rush predicted um, as a as a doctor who is also one of our forefathers, mm-hmm. which kind of to me fits that. Um, Fits that description. I've always said that I believe the founding fathers um, had a little bit of divine intervention that oh, I agree, pushed 100%. them fo- pushed them forward. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, so, I, every if you look at what they accomplished, you look at what they wrote, and and you know, not that all of them were educated people. No, no, no. You know, but they. I really believe there was a divine yeah. intervention. You know, I yeah. believe that that there was God who stepped in and said, "Hey, look, you know, this is the last." the last, you know, island of freedom that this world is probably ever going to see. Yeah. And he had his hand in it and and gave some of them premonitions or gave some of them ideas of how to write things and and and, and what to say to to the people, sure. you know, and and it's coming true today. Well, you know, with, with Benjamin Rush, I mean, you can go back to his childhood. I think he's either 6 or 8 years old, I can't remember exactly. His dad passed away and his mother couldn't raise him on her own, so she sent him off to live with his uncle, his uncle who was a physician. You know, and he grew up in a house of a physician. He would have never had the opportunities afforded to him if his dad had survived. Mm-hmm. But because he was with his uncle, he was allowed to go practice and learn how to be a doctor and, and get the knowledge that he had. Um, you know, that was, uh, you know, it's just step by step. You look at his life sure. and see how, you know, that divine intervention happened at a young age. Yeah. Now, he did something I didn't like. He, you know, wrote a couple of letters to... Um, actually, Patrick Henry at the time was the governor of Virginia um, and said, uh, we need to replace George Washington. Oh. <laughs> you want know, to be George Washington the guy? And, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And later on after the war, he admitted he was wrong. He should never have done that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was all part of the politics at the time. But it's still yet. The steps he made was one part of the jo- puzzle that built our country. Mm-hmm. Um, but the first step and it put him on the path to show us that, yeah, you know, what some people have said over the years, that liberalism is a mental disease or a mental disorder, we can see what he said in the 1700s is true now. Sure. Well, even, intervention. even look at our, our founding fathers who wrote the um, the the, uh, the Bill of Rights. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you can look at, from their perspective, what they were going through, but I really believe they were looking forward. Yes. Thinking, okay, not that they could see how bad it was going to get, mm-hmm. but that they could envision that what they're going through then would mm-hmm. be happening 200 years later. Sure. So let's put this in our constitution. Yeah. Let's make sure certain rights are protected yep. from the government. You mean those inalienable rights? That's right. Yeah. Exactly. Um, again, it's not that they were like Cleo, you know. <laughs> the, but Call me now for your free reading. <laughs> <laughs> I ran across one of her commercials the other day on YouTube. Oh, my God. I was like, oh, gosh. But <laughs> You heard my voice instead. I, I did, yeah. <laughs> Call me now. <laughs> But, but seriously, you know, and she had no accent in real life, by the way. I, know. I think she's from like Seattle or yeah, something. It's like Larry the Cable Guy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But but you know, I don't mean to digress. But you know, they, there they, we go, giving away more secrets. <laughs> <laughs> but honestly, I think they had a an idea of how bad things could get. Yeah. And so let let's try to protect this country because you know, if, if they don't protect them in the very beginning, it's yeah. like when I was a, when I was a flight instructor early on, you're taught the law of primacy, which is what your first 
taught is what you're be- is what's best remembered. So if sure. I teach you wrong in the beginning, yeah. you're going to keep on doing wrong. And yeah. if I try to correct it later on, it becomes much more difficult. Yeah. You've got to give something new a solid footing, a solid foundation. Sure. And they knew that and they did that in the mm-hmm. very beginning. Now, we've perverted it since then. Well, we had the whole episode early on in this podcast about education, mm-hmm. you know, that turned into a two-part, that yeah. turned into still special segments and other other podcasts. Um, you know, that just really kind of puts me on to uh, the thing I mentioned to you earlier was I was listening to the uh, Jesse Kelly show. Okay. And um, Jesse Kelly, if you're listening out there, I know you're stealing from us. Yeah, stop. <laughs> oh, no, no, continue, but give us credit. Yeah, no kidding, because it seems like, you know... We'll talk about something one week, and two weeks later, he talks about it. And I'm starting to think, well, you know, this is starting to form a pattern here. Maybe but, get, you know, maybe our bug sweeper in, this, <laughs> in the bunker here. Maybe it's just you know, great minds think alike, and Could we'll be. just call it that. So, anyway, uh, you know, he he made a comment about you know most of your uh, uh, commentators, most of your political mm-hmm. discussion folks out there. My lot of the talking heads talk about you know uh, the the two the two sided sword, hip, the hypocrisy of of uh, of liberals. Um, and how he refuses to call it a hypocrisy because a hip- being a hypocrite is a character flaw. No, this is pure communism. Mm-hmm. You know, under, under communism, you're, you're allowed to talk out both sides of your face in order to get the end goal, what you want. You know, we, uh, the, the, if you're a communist, everybody else is beneath you. So therefore you're allowed to lie. You're allowed to cheat. You're allowed to do whatever you want, you know, be as underhanded as you like. It doesn't matter because that's part of the communist way. So that's not being a hypocrite. That's being a communist. Mm-hmm. So stop being nice. Take off the kid gloves and stop being, you know, find a word to describe, you know, something that might not necessarily make him, it'll make him upset, but not angry. No, you're a communist. Right. You are an enemy of our country. You know, so just, just call it what it is. It's mm-hmm. a communist. It is. You know, and and that just falls. That's one of the many pieces that falls back in because when we talked about um, uh, the education thing, all the research we did on the education mm-hmm. discussion, you know, um, when it was up to John Dewey, not Milton Dewey, not Milton Dewey. He's a good. He's a good dude. He's Milton Dewey created the Dewey Decimal System. That's a good dude. That's a good dude. Yeah, good dude. Very all good right? dude. Yeah. Um, not like everybody, Jeff Hilton, who wears the hey dudes. <laughs> <laughs> We make fun of him so much over those shoes. Do you really? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm just going to stop right there because I'm going to go a complete different direction. But John Dewey, Mm -hmm. who is considered the father of American education, was a known communist. He was uh, uh, very much in the pocket uh, of the Russian government in the 30s. Um, to the point where he brought they brought Russians to America to help set up his version mm-hmm. of a standardized education system in America, and that's really where everything started in our education system. Right. You know, uh, Yuri Bezmenov, who defected to the United States in uh, in the early '80s. You know, when he finally actually he defected to Canada, and um, came down into the states and did some lecture series and such, and and he flat out said the Russian way of doing things. He said, in order to make uh, steps and converting a government or converting a people to communism takes about 13 to 15 years. Why? Because you take steps generationally. Right. You know, once you convert one generation to say, this is okay, then you take a step to a next step and you build on that foundation. He said, it's generationally. Well, that was in the 80s. 
we've had about four, technically four or five generations since then. Sure. So now all of a sudden, look where we at. It started in the 30s. And now here it is, 2022, and look at what we have in our school systems. Look at what happens when you have the Michigan Attorney General saying, we need a drag queen for every classroom. Is that like a chicken in every pot? (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's according to how they're dressed, if they got enough feathers, I guess. I don't know. But, you know, it's it's, it's this mental disorder, this, 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 you know, that is being used. They're using people with this mental illness, with this... Uh, um, you know, uh, with this liberal lunacy, mm-hmm. you know, the communists are using those folks to build those generational steps. And now look at where we're at. We are the laughing stock of the world when it comes to some of these things. We are. I mean, when, when you have a, a person who's, who's, uh, you know, being confirmed for the Supreme Court asks, what is a woman? And yeah. she... she, she, she's a she apparently, she? and she can't answer the question. Yeah. Okay. Flag on the play. Yeah. I'm a man. I know what a woman is. Yeah. I'm pretty sure my wife, who's a woman, she knows what a woman is. Yeah. I'm sure my daughter, who's a girl, knows what a woman is. Yep. It doesn't. It's not rocket science. We are the laughing stock of the world. But I bet your teenage son knows what girls are. Too. I'm sure he does too. <laughs> uh, Sorry. <laughs> good thing he's not listening. But you know, to to your point, you know, with, with the whole education thing, and I've kind of felt this way for a little while. You know, it's 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 the whole drip, drip, drip mentality, right? It's not mm-hmm. when they first started all this stuff back in the 40s and then when you have Saul Alinsky's thing back in like the 60s or 70s, they weren't looking to affect change immediately. No. It was a, 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 it was a patience that they were practicing. That's what Lenin said. A drip becomes a stream, becomes a creek, becomes yeah. a river, becomes an ocean. And now we're at the river to the ocean stage. Yeah. Because I feel like today everything is being shoved down our throat. Yeah. So much. I mean, today, if you look at the news today, you're going to see anything about gay. You'll see all, all this gay pride crap. Yeah. You're going to see drag queens in school crap. Mm-hmm. You're. I mean, it's all just being shoved at us. Hollywood, every movie, every TV series. My daughter can't even watch iCarly. Yeah. Without seeing two girls lip locking. Yeah, my buddy Shep one time uh, gave me an interesting little fact that I didn't realize. Um, do you know the the Mississippi River flows with such force? That when it empties out into the Gulf of Mexico, you can find fresh water up to 150 miles out into the Gulf. No, really? Yeah, it's, it's how much force that the Mississippi River flows with. And when we talk about the drip that turns into the stream, that turns into the river, you know, um, right now we're looking at, like you said, the river is is turning into the ocean. Well, it's doing it with more force than what the Mississippi does into the Gulf. And it's pushing out into every aspect of life. Yeah, It's in our schools. It's in our government. It's in our workplace. It's in our entertainment. It's everywhere right now. Mm-hmm. And it's coming at us with so much force I mean, it's really overwhelming to the fact that you can't pick just one thing to be appalled at no. at any time during a, at multiple times during a single day. No. Well, I'm going to tell you something that has been appalling me on this subject. You know, it was brought to my attention uh, about a week or so ago by a good friend of mine. But, you know, again, we see all this crap being shoved down our throat. But when our own party begins to support it. So I'm gonna say this, mm-hmm. and I, you know, even even with even with my ties to the Republican Party and your ties too, yeah. If this, gets, if this gets me in trouble, hey, it gets me in trouble. I'm just gonna say this anyway. Well, we said we're gonna hold, not gonna hold anything back here in the Liberty Room. Right, exactly. We're gonna talk about this stuff, and I think it needs to. We need to be critical. Our governor yeah. is hosting Virginia Pride events mm-hmm. this month. Really? Yes. Now, why? Why exactly? Because the man ran. Glenn Youngkin ran on his 
strong faith. One yes. of the things he talked about on, matter of fact, the day that I met Glenn Youngkin, mm-hmm. there was three of us in a little circle talking, and one of the people there talking asked him, why did you decide to run? He said, because God told him to. And I looked at him and I said, well, what did God tell you that we needed to fix in Virginia for you to be the one to run? He didn't have much of an answer. <laughs> <laughs> you know? So the fact that our governor, who ran on uh, ran so hard on his faith, that's very curious. Now, here's the interesting part. He's hosting these, and this is, this is the headline from Fox News. Mm-hmm. Youngkin hosts Virginia Pride events, angering some LGBT groups. So he, he was hosting some events, and basically, long story short, homosexuals weren't showing up to it. Yeah. Because in, 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 the, in the liberal and the homosexual mind, it's, it's all or nothing. Either you accept everything we're doing or nothing at all, right? Yep. And so I think they look at him hosting this stuff as him not being sincere. Mm-hmm. Okay. Therefore, because he's not sincere, we're not going to show up. Yeah. So really it's backfiring. If he's trying to reach out to the homosexual community, it just backfired politically on him very, very badly. Yeah. Okay. But as a conservative, why would you do this? Yeah. Okay. Your job is just to govern, not, not to do, not to be celebrating gay pride events. I don't even care about black history month. I don't care about white history month. I don't care about that crap. Just do your job as governor and govern the state. Yeah. Make sure the budget's in order. Make sure that we're make, govern like DeSantis is in Florida. Make sure that, you know, our civil rights aren't being violated. Other than that, stop with all this other crap. Not necessary. Yeah, it's not necessary. It's Absolutely not. not. It's not like he's running, running again. He's trying to reach out to the other side. And, and maybe he's trying to bring them in. I don't know. But to me, that was not the way to do it. Yeah. And as a conservative, that is not... The LGBT thing is not a conservative thing. I know there's those log cabin conservatives. Sorry, not conservative. Yeah. It's not. Um, you know, I I would love to know the, the reason why. And, you know, we, we do move in certain circles where we do run across these folks from time to time. And I promise you the next time, if I am uh, uh, allowed to do so, when I'm in the presence of Glenn Youngkin, don't you think for a second I won't ask him. Sure. Well, here, here's a quote from the, from the article. This is from his, from his spokeswoman. Uh, quote, the governor is committed to leading on behalf of all Virginians, and events like this help strengthen our communities and the spirit of Virginia. That community is 3%. Yeah, and it's not part of the spirit of Virginia. It is not part of the spirit of Virginia. No, absolutely not. So that's a complete BS statement. I heard somebody say the other day that the uh, LGBTQ, mm-hmm. that they knew what it stood for. Let's get Biden to quit. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's what Youngkin was going Maybe for. he was confused. I yeah, don't know. Yeah. <laughs> that was actually pretty good. You like that? Let's get Biden to quit. I like that one. But what about the, the, the IA plus? And... No, they don't count. Um, oh, okay. More of them. Screw them. Yeah. No. No. The, and I, I would really like to know what our, our lieutenant governor uh, has to think about that as well. Yeah. Uh, you know, because I would like to know the reasoning. I mean, we've, from time to time, you know, and I, am I in favor of that? No, I'm not. It no. doesn't have anything to do with, I, I don't think it has anything to do with the way we run the business of our state. Correct. All right. I don't uh, I don't look for anybody to look at me any special way. Um, you know, like you said, uh, black history, it doesn't matter. Yeah. You know, um, well, but- it, it's, just, it's just like Juneteenth. OK, which, which <laughs> OK, I'm, I'm going to tell a quick little story here. I was, I was born a pole black man. And so Cal- 
in Southern California. That's right. A stormy night in November, 1982. <laughs> Mama pushed me out. We had nothing. Put the clothes on our backs. We did a double wide. You had nothing in we, Southern California? Is that why you talk in Southern California now? No idea. <laughs> But, uh, oh my uh, God, this uh, takes uh, such weird turns. Sometimes. I know. As a man who's been black his entire life, allegedly, <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea what Juneteenth was until about. No more coffee for you. <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea what Juneteenth was until about six years ago when I went to the Republican Party here in our local city and it was the first meeting, and they spent more time talking about their upcoming Juneteenth celebration as opposed to getting Donald Trump elected. And I'm like, what the heck is Juneteenth? I had to go look it up. Here I am, a black man who has ancestors who were slaves, and I have no idea what Juneteenth is. You celebrate Kwanzaa too? What's that? No, I do not celebrate <laughs> Kwanzaa. Jeez, I know what that is. But honestly, I mean, it's not an important holiday, a non important celebration of the black community. White people have made it that way. Black people don't know what it is. Okay? So I had to go look it up. Like, oh, yeah. okay, here's what it means. Okay, fine. Whatever. Who cares? This is. Today is 2022. Yeah. Okay. Stop living in the past. We need to celebrate, okay, our birthdays maybe, if, if we're lucky, if we're in town. Sure. Okay. Fourth of July, big deal. Independence so, Day. Independence Day. Thank you. Christmas, celebrate Jesus' birth. Sure. Easter, celebrate Christ's resurrection. That's it. Eh, kids' birthdays. Anniversary. Okay, fine. Yeah. Okay, but... But those are individual. That's but, not a national. But holiday. now we got cities that are out there. Even the states are saying we're gonna we gotta have a, a a paid holiday for Juneteenth. Why? What we need well, to do is get our butt to work. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. How about y'all get off your rear end and go make some money instead yeah. of looking for days off? You know. But what I'm getting at is I'm I'm tired of this placating. Yeah. To certain groups of people, these so are the states placating the black people by saying we're gonna do Juneteenth. Okay. You've got. Potentially, Governor Young can placate and reach to, to, to the placate the, the the lesbian, bisexual, whatever community. Mm -hmm. Stop. Yeah. Just govern. Just do your job. That's it. Nobody mm -hmm. asked you to reach out to them because they didn't want you to reach out to them. Listen, this is the society of the participation trophy. Everybody's yes. special. Yes. Well, I got news for you. None of us are special. My mommy told me I was special. Yeah, well, <laughs> your mommy also whooped your butt when you got in trouble too, right? Yeah, you, you met her. So yeah, you know, <laughs> mama don't play. <laughs> <laughs> scared of my parents. <laughs> you know, uh, nobody's special. Stop thinking you're special. Mm -hmm. You know, we we laugh and joke around about things and, you know, we give each other nicknames and stuff like that. But when it comes down to it, we're just another human in this species. Yeah. And there's millions of us. No, but only one of you, Jim. No, well, that is true. <laughs> no, only one, Jim. But but you know what? I'm no I'm no more different than anybody else. You know, I, I, how many times have you heard me say it? I'm just you know I, I'm nobody. Well, special. you always said it in public. In private, you're always telling me how special you are, <laughs> and how much better you are than me and everybody else. So I'm just saying, uh, you know, that was another secret I just let out. Yeah, and you just lied through your teeth. <laughs> I, did, um. I did. Don't believe me. I'm a liar. <sighs> you know. But it, it it doesn't matter if you're liberal or conservative. It doesn't matter if you're yeah. black or white or brown or yellow or red. It doesn't matter. None of us are special. You know, and as soon as people figure out that the only special about us is who we are to our husbands and our wives, mm -hmm. to our kids, yep. to our parents, 
if we're special to those people, then you live, live your good life and do the best you can. Right. But you know what? Just because you're part of the LGBTQ community, just because, you know, you're, you're, Four generations ago, somebody in your family was a slave. Mm-hmm. And there's a whole lot of white slaves out there, too, in this in our world. Oh, that's not true. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. We have the corner on the market, okay? Stop no, that. No, you don't. That is fake news. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, you know it and I know it, right? It doesn't matter. Right. It absolutely does not matter. What matters is who you are. Yep. You know? And... If, if, if you're special in your wife's eyes or your husband's eyes and your kid's eyes and your parents' eyes, that's as far as it goes. You don't have to be, you don't have to feed into that mental illness that makes, that thinks that your type of special is more special than the other person because we're all the same. We are. You know, I got home tonight from my, my trip and I was sitting in my chair and, and my, my wife wanted to, and my kids, they want to give, give me my Father's Day gift early because I have to work over Father's Day. Mm-hmm. You know, there are some of us who have to keep the world turning while everyone else gets to celebrate. So yeah, I'll be working that day too. Yeah. Oh, good, good. So, yeah. Don't feel alone. We ain't special, brother. <laughs> no, we're special. Oh. <laughs> yeah. You and I are. Yeah. We have to work. Anyway. So, um, I'm sitting down and, and my son drew me a picture of a, a Ford F-150. All right. And he spent four hours drawing it. Yeah. And I said on there how, you know, I am the best daddy that he ever could have had. How and awesome. Wow. How I awesome. felt special. And then my daughter gave me this, this package and it had some, you know, my Reese's peanut butter cups in it and it had some <laughs> beef jerky in it and it had two cards. And then she had, she made a picture and basically saying how much she loved me and how much, you know, you know, I'm, I'm the greatest dad she had or could ever have. And I was like, wow. What, but that's what matters to me is being special to my family. Sure. That, absolutely. You know, I, I know I've been gone for a week. The kids haven't seen me for a while, but when I come home that they feel, I mean, when I, when I drove up in that driveway, the second I turned the engine off, my daughter was right out that front door. Yeah. This big smile on her face and trip was right behind her. Yeah. I got out of that truck and they both kept to give me a hug cause they missed me and they were so glad to see me. Wow. Yeah. That was, that's what I live for. Yeah. That's the specialness that, or specialness, whatever. Specialness. I won't make a word up. Specialness. <laughs> Excuse me, Mr. Webster. <laughs> hey, hey. We got something to add to your dictionary. Look, you coin lunatic <laughs> liberal logic. I get specialness. Okay? okay. All right. So the specialness I felt <laughs> getting out of that truck, that's what I want. Sure. For my family. You know, one of my prized possessions when I got home from Iraq in 2008, um, uh, you know, we get off the bus and, you know, you do your little formation and they release you and then all your family runs up and hugs you and, you know, they're happy to see you. Mm -hmm. Well, my son comes running up and, and I pick him up and he reaches up and he, he pulls my hat off my head to see my whole face to, to make sure it's me. Right. Mm -hmm. Cause he was six at the time. Okay. You know, uh, I, I left when he was like four and they get back when he's six, you know, mm-hmm. and, and he just wants to make sure it's the, the face that matches the pictures, you know, mm-hmm. and for some reason, just by the luck of the draw, an army photographer was there and got a picture of that. And it came out in one of the army magazines. It was the cover on the army magazine. Wow. And I get that magazine as a soldier, you get it. And I went to the mailbox one day and I pull that magazine out and there me and, and, and Stacy are on the cover of that magazine, we framed it and I hang it on the wall right outside my bedroom door. That way, every time I go to bed at night, every time I get up at day, I remember the feeling that I had mm-hmm. when my kid was so happy to see me home. Yeah. You know, that stuff is what's special. Mm-hmm. And as long as it's special between us, that's, that's what, that's what makes the world go round. It does. Yeah. You know, I don't need a flag other than my stars and stripes 
to, you know, to run around and march around and beat my chest. I don't need any of that stuff because none of us are special in the big picture of things. Mm -hmm. We're just another member of our species on this planet. I remember back in 2010, my son was about one year old at the time. And I'd spent most of the summer uh, flying on the BP oil spill as a, as a oil spotter. Mm -hmm. And I, and I came back after, you know, you go down there for a couple of weeks, come home for about a week, go back Mm -hmm. down again. So I was coming back home for a break and my wife met me at the airport and said, the trip was probably about one at the time. And I, I hadn't really seen him after a few weeks and I land the, the airplane and I get out and they're there. And, you know, Lydia walks up to me and trip looked at me like he didn't know who I was. And I was thinking, Oh my gosh, <laughs> my own son doesn't recognize me. Yeah. That I did not feel special at all in that yeah. instance. That's one of the reasons why I, I ended up leaving my, my flight job back then doing something else. Yeah. I, I wanted to be in his life. Yeah. I want to be in my daughter's life, Sure, you know, because you have kids because yeah. you want to, you procreate not just because sex is fun, but you procreate because because <laughs> you want to, you know, keep keep the line going. Yeah, the Lord said, "Be fruitful and multiply." And hey, I'm doing what God's do, commanded, do, doing your part, <laughs> I'm doing my part, Lord. Here I am. You know, you're just being a good Christian boy. Yes, Aren't I you am. Though? I'm following what God said. <laughs> Finish your thought before this goes, <laughs> before this goes completely off the rails. But, you know, watching my kids grow up and then when I do go on my trips and I come home and then, and then seeing them with the joy in their eyes that their daddy's home. Yesterday, my son texted me. She was this morning. I woke yeah. up around 4.30. We had, a, we had, to, go, we had to leave the, leave the hotel around 6. And, of course, they're all three hours behind. So Trip was yeah. already up for a while. He's texting, hey, Dad, when are you going to be home? And I'm thinking, why are you asking when I'm going to be home? I'll yeah. get home. My, my typical answer is I get home when I get home because I don't know when I'm going to get home. Yep. Okay. We're dependent on the owner, airplane, whatever, right? So I wrote back um, sometime mid-afternoon. Yep. Okay, Dad, I can't wait to see you. Awesome. That's my 13-year-old. Yeah. It's like, oh. Yeah. Wow. Awesome. That And so, you know, as a parent, and I know mm-hmm. you feel the same way. Sure. That's what you want to feel. That, that That's that the, the specialness you will feel, you know, well, from your kids. But, but... That, that innocence, that, that stuff that the kid, the kids are making us feel special is being taken away from them. Right. By school system that wants to bring drag queens in. Yeah. They want to, they want to, they, they want to make these kids yep. determine their gender at five. Look, yeah. half these kids want to be a pirate when they were five. <laughs> yeah. I saw a quote the other day yeah. from, by Bill Maher who said, thank God they didn't, you know, I want to be a pirate. Thank God they didn't take me you know, poke my eye out and give me a, a, a wooden leg <laughs> at six years old. Well, that's true. We're taking it away from our kids. Our kids are not showing, you know, that that innocence to the parents. Yeah. They're not showing that love to the parents. We parents aren't feeling that specialness but you, anymore. But you have those parents who have fallen into that mental illness, that liberal lunacy, yep. where they are Logic. purposely, yeah, where they are purposely doing stuff like giving them drugs yeah. to slow down their 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 sexual growth. Mm-hmm. Um, they're they're. They're exposing them to things that these age groups should never. I mean, I love being in the army. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was, you know, to me, that was it. Are you kidding? Jumping out of airplanes and shooting guns and you're going to pay me for it? Hell yeah. <laughs> you know, I thought it was every kid's dream. But I came home on leave from a deployment. And as I left, we didn't tell my son that I was leaving again. Mm-hmm. Because we didn't really want that upset him. So as far as he knew, we were going to the airport to watch planes land. Oh, something we did. He loved doing that, you know, and we get up there and we're watching the planes land. And all of a sudden they call my flight and I start saying goodbye. 
and you see a puzzled look on his face. Oh. And then I go to walk off, and he realized what's going on. And as I'm walking down to board the plane, the most god-awful scream and cry that you've ever heard in your life came from my son. Mm. I mean, it's one of those those moments you see on TV where little old ladies in the airport realize what's going on and they're bawling and they're yeah. crying and people around you are just like, oh my God, and they're tearied up, you know, and it broke my heart. And as much as I love the Army, that was the moment I knew that I was not going back to the Army after this, after this enlistment, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, because it... Th- that specialness, how he his heart was so broke mm-hmm. because I was leaving again, that was more important than anything. Yeah. You know? So when I got home, that was it. I was done. You know? So if you don't have parents in this world who don't understand that the only thing special about you is your relationship with your children and your parents, you don't have to be a Kardashian. You don't have to be somebody who has to have your name out in the light. You know what? We do this podcast. I do the Wednesday show. We do it for information. We do mm-hmm. it to help spread the word of, of how we want our government ran, how we want um, our country to, to prosper. Right. I don't do this so people will stop me on the street. That was the last thing in my mind. I never imagined uh, a couple of years ago that me and you would be sitting here doing this or that I would do the the web show. Or, you know, I will walk around in town and people know who I am and I have no clue who they are. You know, <laughs> it's so weird, but I never did it for that reason. Mm-hmm. I did it to start off with because I want to make sure that my son grows up in a country where his values and morals are, that I do my best to make sure they're guided the right direction. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't mean him being special. You know, when I ran the Little League football program, we started we started moving towards taking away those participation trophies. Good. And parents got pissed. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the only trophy my kid will get. Well, maybe you need to focus their attention to something they're better at. Yep. You know, do your job as a parent. You know, when you sign that registration form at the beginning of the season, really that's what you're signing it for was to buy a trophy at the end of the year because that's really what you're doing. Well, my yeah. daughter, my daughter's in the Iwana Club and uh, with one of the churches locally, and they had their um, their annual Grand Prix with the Pinewood Derby cars. Yep, and so scouts. <clears throat> oh, it, it's fun. Yeah, it's fun. And I we spent hours cutting hers out, designing it, all that yeah. kind of stuff. And so the race happened on the day that I was out of town. Mm-hmm. I, I had to make sure everything weighed right. I told my wife how to reweigh it, you know, before the race. Mm-hmm. Here's some moldable clay to put in if it's too light, all that kind of stuff. We it was. Literally. Dad seemed to get a little more carried away with that than they actually should. Oh, dude. I <laughs> Talk I, about living through your children. I polished all the oh. axles. <laughs> I had the graphite in there. Ran it on the treadmill to actually work the graphite into the sure. axle, you know. Yep. Oh, yeah. It was great. So anyway, long story short, my only fear with it, because I, 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 I couldn't be there to help my daughter. I wanted to be there, but mm-hmm. I had to work, right? So my wife did it for me. Yeah. But my fear was that if, if my daughter lost her race, mm-hmm. how was she going to feel? And I got I got thinking about it. And I started thinking, well, you know what? This will be a good lesson for her if she loses. Sure. Because in life, you're not always going to win. Listen, you you build as much, if not more, character in losing than you do in winning. And you learn through yep. through, through failure. You right? do, and that that's that's the direction that we've gone away from is to teach kids how to fail. Yeah. We've bought their way into success. We have. And so when they don't get success on a regular basis, then their their feelings get hurt. How do we create snowflakes in this world? 
We've bought their success by partici- by buying them participation trophies. Well, and I think a lot of that comes from the fact that parents no longer... See, it used to be that parents wanted to give their, their kids a soft cushion to land on should they fail. Sure. Okay. Now it's, let's just not let them fail at all. Yeah. Okay. You know, like my parents, for example, they bought a house and they have enough room in there. So if in my career in aviation, it's very cyclical. It's very unpredictable. You could have a job one day. Job's gone the next. Yeah. Okay. So when they bought their house, one thing they told us was that, hey, look, if things happen with your job and you had to start over again, you know, come down to Atlanta, work, start working for Delta Airlines is a place you can come stay mm-hmm. till you get back on your feet. Yeah. Great. Thank you. But they also know that I'm not just going to sit around their house doing nothing all day long. Yeah. Unlike a lot of kids today who would lose their job, sure. move in with mom and dad, and they'd be living in their parents' basement until they're 55 years old. Yeah. I have a friend at the gun club. He's an older gentleman. He's actually up in his 80s. Um, an awesome guy. Awesome guy. Um, a world-class uh, shooter. A mm-hmm. uh, thousand-yard shooter. Uh, oh. gold, club, gold Cup Hall of Famer. Um, and he told me one day, you know, he, he did well in his life. He, um, you know, when he was working, he, um, uh, he invested at the right time. There were things like Apple and stuff like that that were coming about in his young investment years. So he's done well. All right. And God bless him for doing well. But, uh, you know, his family had money. So we were talking about it one day about talking about the stock market and stuff. And he said, uh, he said, my family, we do it a little bit differently. I'm like, what are you talking about? He says, uh, any wealth that I make, I leave to my grandkids. And it's in a trust till they can't reach it until they're a certain age. And I'm not talking 21. I'm talking like 40. Mm. And he said his parents did the same thing. Any wealth or anything that they've handed down, they've handed down to their grandchildren in a trust that ha- happens that gives it to them when they're older in life. That way, they know they have to work to survive before they get it. Before they get it, and they get that work ethic, they get that feeling of what that dollar is worth. Mm-hmm. You know, before they get their inheritance. And I was like, "Holy crap, that's smart." I was I was very impressed by that. I wonder if my grandparents did that turn 40 this year. <laughs> if you don't know about it, it ain't happening. <laughs> no. I was just born a pole black man. Pole black boys, Southern California. <laughs> Those two things just don't seem to go together. Uh, you're in the East now. Those stereotypes, that, that just don't fit. It doesn't fit. work? Oh, no, okay. I tried. Fit. I tried. Yeah. Especially when you were talking to a poor white boy that grew up in the coal mines. <laughs> Yours is probably more applicable than mine is. <laughs> <laughs> probably, I'm afraid. But, yeah. you know, but either way, you know what, uh, you know, we both learned how to work. We both got mm-hmm. that ethic from our parents. We both uh, didn't blame everybody else for our problems or our backs, you know, where we've been set back before in life. And we've still kept moving forward. Unfortunately, as we go back to what we were talking about originally, the mental illness that has built mm-hmm. generationally. Mm-hmm. All the way these years from the time somebody like Benjamin Rush noticed how it worked and, and, and kind of prophesized that this is where you're going to be because of this, you know, we see what is happening right now, right in front of us. So when our governor is hosting the LGBTQ, they can have all the parties they want to, but what does that have to do with the business of running Virginia? Nothing to do with it. It saturates into every crevice of our daily life. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's because that mental illness has allowed it to do so. The problem is, though, with that mental illness, it, it, we, we've lost the focus on what's important. Yeah. I made this comment before our, our podcast, and I'll say it right here. While I was in California, I had a chance to go visit 
of the church of uh, uh, Dr. John MacArthur, mm-hmm. who's in the Christian community, uh, very well known, written like 400,000 books. He's, he's the pastor of the church that uh, refused to shut down when COVID hit. And they're finding him like $10,000 a day. If he had a shutdown, he could wrote 800,000 books. Exactly. I got you. But he kept the doors open and they kept on worshiping <laughs> and no one him. died. Anyway, so I, was, I went to his sermon and, uh, you know, great sermon, but he made a comment in there about the focus of this, of this country. Mm-hmm. And, and what he said was a very simple concept. He said, you know, we spend one day, Memorial Day, you know, honoring our fallen soldiers who paid the ultimate sacrifice. Mm-hmm. Well, we spend 30 days celebrating LGBTQ. It's got a heck of a point there. Big time point there. Our focus is on the wrong thing. Here we have a moral aspect. We have people that gave their lives, people like you who served their country, Mm -hmm. only they didn't come back home. Yeah. They paid the ultimate price. Yeah. I mean, I told you. And we give them one day? Yeah. But yet we're going to celebrate transsexuals and drag queens going through elementary schools for the next 30 days. Yeah. Encouraging it. Yeah, you trying know. to tell our kids, oh, it's okay to feel like that. Yeah. No, it's BS. Not, it's not. not just to tell them it's okay, but to encourage them. Yeah. You know, to mold their minds into something they may not be. Oh, and yeah. then, of course, if your kid in school decides that they want to go by a different pronoun or they feel, you know, whatever, the school won't tell the parent. Yeah, see, now that right there shows exactly what it is. It's government indoctrination it's an camp. indoctrination camp, exactly. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. Exactly. And I don't like the fact that, uh, you know, that um, somebody who, in my eyes, campaigned and ran so hard on uh, not being a part of that is now hosting it in the governor's mansion in Richmond. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. When I heard about it, I was just like, you've got to be kidding me. And I'll be very necessary. critical about it because it's unnecessary. It's, it's not ne- necessary. I'm not making a judgment call here on the LGBTQ community. Whatever the deal is, why they are who they are, that's, you know, their judgment is between them and, and, and their creator. You know, but the fact that the governor, the current governor ran. Mm-hmm. Um, on Christian values. On Christian values. That's not that, a Christian value. That's, that's kind of, that is hypocritical. Yeah. Yeah. And that gives me reason to, to question, okay, what is your motivation for doing that? Yeah. Um, yeah. And I don't know what it is. I, I'd be curious to know too. But, yeah. but uh, you know, d- does it surprise me? Yes, but I shouldn't be surprised because this is what politicians do. Yeah, well. Unfortunately, a lot of them, not all of them, but a lot of them do what's good for them or their campaign, uh, not necessarily what's good for who they serve. I, 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 I can't see Ron DeSantis doing that. I don't think he has. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I don't, <laughs> uh, Hey, our good dude here in the sixth district. Yeah. Ben Klein. Yeah. He didn't do that. No. So, so there no. are a few, I think that are, that, that are doing the right thing or trying to do the right thing. And then there are others. Well, I, I wonder what's going on. That's why it's up to us to get involved and hold these people's feet to the fire. Yeah. You know, we've had this conversation. Listen, me and your friends, we're brothers. We, you know, we, we're, we'll be this way for a long time and maybe worse, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but as, as somebody who's running for city council, um, you've made it plain that you'll hold my feet to the fire and you know what? I encourage it. Mm-hmm. I, I, I ask you to do it because, you know, I trust and respect your opinion. I trust and respect your word. So therefore, if you come to me and go, what the hell are you doing? Then maybe I need to rethink my position and, you know, be the representative of the people of my ward and the people of my city. Right. But 
I trust your opinion to the point to where, okay, let me, let me step back and reevaluate and see if the decision I came to is the right decision, Mm -hmm. you know? So, you know, that's why we need to be involved. That's why, you know, I never imagined not in a million years that at any point in my life that I would ever be at events with the governor of Virginia, the Mm -hmm. lieutenant governor, Mm -hmm. the attorney general, a congressman, you know, um, Larry Elder. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. I'm going to bring him up. (laughs) Um, What's that stuff he always hawks on TV? Oh, Relief Factor. Oh, yeah. The the velvety sounds of Relief Factor, Larry Elder. Um, (laughs) Wow. That that hit on my wife. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I never imagined in a million years I would ever be in that position, but it's my duty as an American to make sure now that I'm in that position to where I question them. Mm-hmm. You know, the picture of the night we were with Glenn Youngkin, you mm-hmm. know, there's that picture of me with my, with the knife hand right up in his face. You know, my wife was like, do you have to tell everybody what to do? <laughs> you know? Yes. Yeah, I do. Mm-hmm. You know, not that I'm going to tell you, but I'm going to question you on your motivation. Right. Why? Because I am a a true blue brother of, of son of Virginia. Mm -hmm. I mean, red, white, and blue son of Virginia. This is, you know, this is my state and you know what pride I take in being a Virginian. Oh yeah. You know, so this is my house. And if you're going to be the keeper of my house, I have the right to, to ask you those questions. Mm -hmm. You know, even somebody like, uh, you know, uh, uh, Ben Klein or six district uh, congressman, the good, we, dude. the good dude. The he good dude. He is a good dude. Very good dude. He's a very good dude. And, and I'm happy to say that he's, you know, somebody that we see on a fairly regular basis mm-hmm. that we have the opportunity to make a phone call and go, Hey, what the heck? Well, yeah. you know, the next time I see him, I'm going to, I'm going to find out why he voted for the $40 billion for Ukraine. I'll be interested in knowing too. And from, you know, from our last uh, party meeting, you know, I'm not afraid to ask those questions. <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> you know? So, I mean, it's, uh, it's our responsibility as citizens. It's our responsibility to question the people we put in place. And we got to make sure the people that we put in place are not the ones who are suffering from this <laughs> lunatic liberal logic. That's right. Because that has proven to not be good for our country. Yep. Look at where we're at right now. How much you pay him for a gallon of gas? Too much. How much you pay him for, uh, uh, what do you pay? Is it is jet fuel by the pound oh or by my, the gallon? Uh, well, we buy it by the gallon, but. Yeah. Yeah. You know, how much mm. you pay? It's, it's to the point now where a dozen eggs is 12 bucks. It's a dollar an egg. That's insane. You know, you can't feed your family. You can't uh, get the fuel you need to get back and forth to work to make a, try to make a living to keep up with the inflation. Look what these lunatic liberals have, are doing to our country right in front of us. You know what gas costs in in Vegas? What is it? Nine dollars a gallon. Oh my God, that yeah. is Sin City. I bought four hundred and sixty-five gallons this morning to get home for the airplane. For the airplane. Okay. Woo. <laughs> that was three thousand. How big F one fifty can you oh, got? Oh yeah. That was, that was a little over three thousand pounds worth of fuel. Wow. It was like a forty-six hundred dollar bill. Wow. Just to get home. Just to fly home from Vegas. Mm-hmm. Yep. See, I mean. When you when you give when you give the lunatics the run of the asylum, this is what we get. That's right. That's so right. Uh, yeah, and, and the costs get passed on to us. We end up paying the price regardless of what it, whether it's it's in fuel or yeah. money. We the paupers the the yep. citizenry we pay the price. Yeah, not 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 the elites. 
They just yeah. keep on trucking up. And, and, you know, the mental illness of the of the liberals who say, well, this is not Biden's fault. This is not Biden's fault. Well, before Biden came into office, things were pretty good. Yeah, I'd say so. Eco- you know, economy-wise, no matter what you thought about Trump, the, the business of America was doing great. Gas was like $2 a gallon. Yeah. Eggs weren't $12 a dozen. Lord, and you could... Uh, yeah, a third of that. Yeah, you could actually you know? find food on the shelves. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you could find stuff on the shelves. And, I mean, and, and in the campaign, what did Biden tell us he's going to do? Shut down the pipeline, stop the permits. Yeah. You know? Uh, but suddenly that's not the reason not why oh, gas prices it. are high. Oh, yeah, no, no, it's, no. It's, it's, this is Putin's price hike. Don't forget it's that. Pu- yeah, it's Putin's fault. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Yeah, the 9% of, of, of oil... That we get from Russia, yeah, raises doubles the price of gas here in America. Yeah, when Exxon says they've increased their, they've increased the production of their gas fifty uh, percent. You know, it's a lot. Yeah, that's a, that's a huge step. You know, Exxon by itself has increased their production, but we're still, you know, it, it the ability to move it around the around the country, the ability to put it through refineries. Mm-hmm. The ability to do all that has been struck down because of the revocation of permits, the denial of, of leases. Oh, but if you talk you know, to the Biden administration, they'd say, oh, we've got 9,000 permits out there. Well, just because you give a company a permit doesn't mean there's oil under that spot that well, got they the permit Well, they also revoked it. and denied over 34,000 permits in the first month he was in office. That's insane. Yeah. He shut down the Keystone Pipeline, but he gave Putin the pass to run the pipeline from Germany to Russia. Yeah. So why does Putin get a pass well, we, and the American people get, have to sacrifice? Yeah. Because this is, an, this is an America last agenda. And very much so. Trump had the America first agenda. Everything was America first. Yeah. I'm proud of Trump for doing that because it put America back on solid footing. Yeah. Okay. Everyone in the world knew what we were going to do. Yeah. Okay. And and Trump was looked at like mm-hmm. Reagan was, where he was kind of we don't know we don't know what Trump's going to do, but yeah. the country was clicking on all cylinders. Yeah. Now, no one knows what we're going to do. We don't know well, where we don't know where we stand. We don't know what the president's going to do. Prices are spiking all across the board. We can't buy you can't buy baby formula anywhere. God forbid you're pregnant right now. I mean, you know, this, uh, this is an America second. It's gone so drastic, it goes back full circle to what we started talking about tonight. What was that? I already forgot. The 34th congressional seat of Texas that That's had been right. held by a Democrat for 150 years is now held by a Republican, a Republican immigrant from Mexico. Did I, say, did I mention that? That's awesome. Can I, can I get an amen? Amen, brother. <laughs> Preach it. You know? It absolutely is turning people. You look around on social media and you look at the the diversity of the crowd of people that's looking at Biden going, what the hell? Mm-hmm. When you got somebody who's been a diehard Democrat since they become a citizen in Elon Musk, who is now saying, <laughs> I'm going to support DeSantis for president. Yeah. Well, how was, it, was it the New York Times who said an op-ed that Biden should not run again in 2024? You got people like Don Lemon and others yeah. who are now t- questioning his sanity to run. So... We've been questioning it since he started to run when he was in Mama's basement. So if you've got people like the woman who's running for the 6th District against Ben Klein or whoever wins the primary. The lunatic? Yeah. Okay. You know, who is supporting what Biden says. Mm-hmm. Then you look at that mental illness, it is as obvious as the as the nose on your face. Mm-hmm. So I, just as a side note, though, did you hear what DeSantis said about Elon Musk? No. Uh, uh, saying that he would support him for president? No. <laughs> DeSantis got a lot of pushback on this too, okay. because when he found out that Elon Musk said that he was supporting for president, 
DeSantis said, well, at least I got the African vote. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Elon Musk is from South Africa. He is. He happens to be a white guy, but he's from Africa. He's African. <laughs> He's the real African-American. He is. He's more African-American than I'll ever be. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> well, Elon, welcome to the family, brother. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I love Ron DeSantis. Yeah. That so awesome. absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, we started off talking uh, about the changes, some of the changes, especially with uh, Myra Flores. Um, yeah. Myra yeah. Flores. Um, you know, and, and the the... The image the liberal lunatics want to portray of Republicans and conservatives, um, but we're starting. You know, we see from what goes on in the White House, what's going on um, with their vice president, what's you know what's just going down that chain of of custody of the Democrat of the hold of the Democrat Party on the U.S. government. Um, we're looking at it now, and we're seeing the result of the research mm -hmm. that Benjamin Rush did in the mid 1700s and talked about the generational mental health issues. Yeah, no, I agree hundred percent. You know, so I'm, uh, it, it's time. I mean, you know, we talked about it earlier tonight, how hard it is to get people to participate. Mm -hmm. Oh, you yeah. know, everybody wants to sit back and go, well, they, you know, so-and-so's so got it. So-and-so can do it. You know, it's time to stop with that mentality. You know, and, and it's been that way in this country for, you know, for since Forever. the beginning of this country. People need to ask themselves, if not you, then who? If yeah. you're not going to do it, then who is? And if you can't name a name, maybe then, you should step up. Yeah. You know, we've got a, a new viewer uh, that's getting in and really participating um, on the Wednesdays with Jim show um, in the conversation, in the chat. Mm -hmm. You know, um, he's a he's an airborne brother. Um, so he volunteered to, uh, put on that uniform for our country. Then he volunteered a second time to fling his body outside of an airplane in flight so he could jump in the middle of the fight, wherever it is. Wow. All right. So uh, he's, he's an airborne brother who was a member of the 173rd airborne. Um, you know, and one of the two, uh, getting ready to be one of the three isolated individual airborne units in the U S army. Um, the 101st is air assault, but that's a whole different discussion. We'll talk about that later. Okay. That's a military thing. I, I wouldn't it's, know. It's touchy. Touchy. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Um, Love to hear more about it. Yeah. <laughs> the 25th has an airborne unit. I think they're the ones getting ready to go to be the 13th airborne, the 82nd airborne division, which no other unit can touch the 82nd. And then the 173rd um, is a very close second. And he was a member of the 173rd. Um, we were talking and he got fired up on the Wednesdays with Jim show. And he went, Jim, how do I get involved? How do I do it? I said, go find your local <clears throat> committee. He was like, how do I do that? Go to the Republican Party of Virginia website. Mm -hmm. It will give you the name of the, of the chairman of your district. Find out how to get a hold of them and get in touch. What did he do? He got a hold of them. He got in touch. That's awesome. You know, because he knows that if not you, who? Yeah. You know, and he was man enough to step up and raise that right hand and, and, and sign that blank check. And then again... To volunteer to be a be a paratrooper, God bless him, man. He's you know that's we, a real we've American. Ne we've never met met face to face, but he'll be my brother forever. Right? You know, just like a, a, a Nick Freitas or mm -hmm. other people who have stepped up these days. And you notice it's a lot of military folks. Yeah, I have noticed that. Yes, you know, we're getting more and more military folks, and in my eyes, that's exactly what we need because you know, again, we're not special. 
but we do have a unique perspective over what it takes to be an American and to be a proud American. Mm-hmm. Well, so, most of you do. There, there's a few that are wayward. Sure, absolutely. Like uh, Adam Kinzinger in Illinois, you know, and there's yeah. some others that... There are a few. There are a few. But the vast majority, the, the ones I've met, yeah. had their heads screwed on straight. Yeah. They've, they've got character. They've sure. got leadership. Work ethic. They do. And they've got a absolutely. backbone that where they'll stamp anything. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I don't. You've you've told me some stories, nothing graphic in detail, but <laughs> nope. you. I know you've been shot at. You stood up in front of the enemy. Hey, war stories you've, are bad taste, and honestly, sure. I don't care how close we are; they're none of anybody's business. But but you face down the enemy, and if you can yeah. face down the enemy, you've got backbone, yeah. and that's what we need in American politics. Well, are, are people that can stand up and say, "Look, here's right, here's right. wrong, here here's what I'm going to do to make my state, my area better." Yeah. And that's what we need. If you're that frustrated, if you don't have to be military. If you're that frustrated and you, you sit and scream at your TV, you know, and, and you have a, a working knowledge of how things work and how things should be, then maybe it's time for you to step up. Maybe it's mm-hmm. time for whoever you are out there listening, you know, to find out who your local committee is. Start getting involved. Get to know the players in the game and then get to be a player in the game. That's right. Like I've said a million times, and and you know, and I know you're the same way. Never imagined. Yep. Not in a million Never. years. And what to do? They the governor, the former governor of Virginia, Ralph Northam, said he was going to start taking some of our constitutional rights away, mm-hmm. and made steps to do so. That was enough for me because why? Well, I was raised like that. Number one. And you're a gun runner. Number two. No, <laughs> number two, I raised my right hand. And promise to defend the Constitution of the United States of America against all enemies, foreign and domestic. And that, you know, to hate to be cliche, but it had no expiration date. That mm-hmm. oath is for life. Mm-hmm. You know, so it was time. It was time to step up and, and run my big mouth. <laughs> <laughs> and look where you are today. And now, you know, look what we do on a regular basis. Yeah. Never imagined it. But you know what? They pushed too far. Mm-hmm. How far is too far? You have to secure that perimeter. Right. You know, if you don't secure your perimeter, nobody's going to do it for you. Stop waiting on somebody else to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, I stepped up in here in our district. You stepped up. And when you start seeing people step up, all of a sudden you see um, more and more step up beside of you. Sure. And that's how we've built our committee here in our city. That's how you influence others. That's it. So, you know, all my, you know, of course, I'm going to shout out to all my airborne brothers and sisters out there, but all my fellow uh, brothers and sisters, if you sign that dotted line, I don't care. Army, Marines, Air Force, Navy, does not matter. Coast Guard, those Space guys are Force. badass, all right? Coast Guard never gets enough credit. Space Force, well, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Space Force too. you know, we signed up for a reason. We signed up for a reason to protect our fellow Americans to protect our fellow man, our families, our communities. It's time to start doing it again. Mm-hmm. Get off your ass. You know, go find that local committee. Go do it. Because I'm telling you right now, mental illness has taken over our country in the form of lunatic, lunatic li- liberal logic. logic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's no laughing matter, but it is in a way, you know. It's the way funny. We, yeah, because <laughs> let's see how many people come back to us and how, how it ca- liberal lunatic logic catches on. <laughs> I might I might title this episode Lunatic Liberal Logic. You go right ahead. I think I will. It sounds really good. <laughs> 
So t-shirts are next. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then tattoos. Yeah. Hey, we're capitalists too. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> anyway, I think we're at the end, don't yes, you? Yes, sir. I think so too. All right. Well, whew, what a world we live in, but it's up to us to make it better. Don't forget every Wednesday night, Wednesdays with Jim. That's where you go. See us on Wednesday nights, 8 o'clock across many, well, not many, just five. Five different platforms of social media. The most important ones. The most, well, well, because... For now. Because we're there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, and Telegram. You can catch us every Wednesday night, 8 o'clock. But don't be afraid if you go to the Jim Wood Facebook page, which you can get there to from thejimwood.com, and you can watch replays of this week's previous episodes of Wednesdays with Jim. Also, every Friday night, the... Li- or Friday night. Friday the night. Friday at noon... The Liberty Room with Jim and Dwight. You can get there from thelibertyroom.com, and that's where you can link to all your favorite podcast providers, Spotify, Apple, Google, uh, iHeart, CastBox, Anchor, uh, and the list goes on. We're Mm -hmm. everywhere. We're like a cockroach. It's like THX when you get to uh, the theater. We're all around you. (laughs) Yes, Lord. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so make sure, thelibertyroom.com, that is the website to get you to those links. Spread that to all your friends, frenemies, and enemies, all right? That way everybody can get in on what's going on here in the Liberty Room. Wednesdays at 8, Wednesdays with Jim, Fridays at noon, a new Liberty Room with Jim and Dwight. Until next week, everybody have a blessed week. Can't wait to see you on Wednesday. Can't wait till you hear me on Friday. 